I acknowledge with respect the unceded territory of the Algonquin and Anishinaabeg people whose land I live, work, and play on. Miigwech. This is Umami Conversations, a podcast and community that offers unapologetically honest and therapeutic dialogue through the art of storytelling and mindfulness. I am your host, Agnes Apia, and I and my guests will delve into themes that explore the depths of this human experience. Um, We'll be challenging societal norms and shifting perceptions about issues that are often considered forbidding. This podcast is intended for open-minded women of African descent and their allies who appreciate meaningful conversation and are eager to absorb the wisdom of other women. Please join us as we share our narratives and embrace vulnerability in the effort to create a more compassionate and understanding world. We also kindly ask that you take a moment to leave a review on your preferred platform. Your feedback helps us improve and position us to reach a wider audience. This is Umami Conversation and enjoy this episode. Blessing. The pressure to bounce back right after giving birth has created so much stress among many women. And honestly, is it even a thing? Is it even possible to bounce back? Like, I mean, we've carried a whole human for 40 weeks, sometimes less, sometimes a little bit more. Our bodies will never be the same. There was a time where when our grandmothers or great, great mothers would give birth. They had a whole community that surrounded them, that supported them, that was there for them and the baby so that the mother could take the time to nurture her little one. That has also been lost. Our partners, they go through their own thing, but sometimes they probably don't realize how much our hormones are going crazy in our bodies after childbirth. So in this episode, we dive deep in conversation about our amazing guest Faraja's postpartum experience. Faraja is a mom and wife who is not afraid to share and face the ugly and beautiful aspect of being a woman in this world. She's a natural strong nurturer who wears multiple hats. In this season of her life, she's a physiotherapy technologist, nutrition and wellness coach, and on a holistic fitness journey. She desires to empower Black women to tap into themselves and spread in all areas of their lives the power of the sacred feminine. This episode is called Empowering Postpartum Recovery, Navigating Social Pressures, Partner Support, and Collective Strength with Faraja. Blessings and enjoy this impactful moment. season four i can't remember exactly how it happened but like i just heard my spirit tell me like this season it's going to be about body mind and soul Mm. um and i think for me the reason why i was like yeah this is what we're going to do is because i'm on this journey of understanding my body my mind and my soul yeah um and as you know as a as a new mom (laughs) well we're not that new we're not that new not that that not fresh fresh but like fresh ish you know (laughs) Um, there's been a lot of changes Mm -hmm. in my body, my mind, and my soul. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the major changes for me, uh, is it even major? I would say it's in my body simply because I'm at my heaviest Mm -hmm. that I've ever been. Like, I've always been a heavy girl, but this is, I've never seen myself Mm -hmm. this heavy. Right. And so I had a conversation with my with my therapist, and we were talking about our bodies. I'm talking about my body because um, I, you know, shared with her like some trauma I had. And she asked me this question, and she's like, um, "Have you ever had like like body you had issues like accepting your body or um, any uh, disorder or anything?" I was like, "No, I never really. I always loved being thick, and mm-hmm. I'm fine with it." Fast forward a couple of weeks later, I'm thinking, and I just realized, well, my whole life, I've been trying to lose weight. I went on different type of diets. Mm. I had this dude that kept 
buying these diet pills for me because he wanted me anyways. He was trying to pimp me. <laughs> trying to get me to this size, you know. Okay. And it hit me that, no, I have had issues with my body. But because yeah. it's not like um, anorexia or bulimia. Bul- 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 bulimia. bulimia. <laughs> you know, any other disorder, I didn't think of it as this could be an issue. Mm. And now being a new mom and being at my heaviest, I can't even like, well, now it's better. Yeah. But I couldn't really like look at myself and just accept the size that I was in. Mm. And just coming to that realization that I actually do have an issue being this size because I've been trying to be a different size my whole whole life ever since I remember Mm -hmm. you know and I was just like okay I need to fix this yeah and I know that I'm not the only mother you're not (laughs) that's going through this Mm -hmm. and I followed a bit of your journey um through motherhood you you're very good at sharing your experiences and I thank you for that thank you there's a lot of moms out there women in general um that seek for that you know because it kind of validates us yeah and allows us to know that we're not alone mm-hmm. in this journey um called life motherhood womanhood um and yeah so as i was saying as i was thinking about all of these things you just came up you know she would be the perfect person to share about her own journey you know, and just the acceptance of your body. Mm-hmm. And, um, even in like just the foods that you eat. Recently, I saw that you had broken your wrist. Yeah. A fragment to your wrist. Yeah. The homegirl was still exercising. I was like, oh, sis. I'm like, we're going to like take a cup of tea and sit down and listen to the story. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. you all yours <laughs> well, how first, has this journey been mm-hmm. it's it's a roller coaster like you mentioned earlier thank you for having me first it's it's an honor i always appreciate you know sharing my story and my voice and i think you have an umami means like depth right in flavors yes something like that is just comforting, you know? So having deep conversations with you is is an honor. So thank you for having me. And uh, yes, this roller coaster of, you know, becoming a mother and having a great relationship with my body was one of the biggest fights I had to fight. And it all began, I would say, funny, but it all began like in 2020 and I was at my ideal size at this time. But then something happened and, you know, a connection, something just snapped. And then I was just disconnected from my body. So first off, I want to say after giving birth, you know, we unfortunately have the urge to snap back and look a certain way we still want to look desirable we want to look like you know we got it together I'm a mom but I got me and I got my hubby too (laughs) but this moment is so fragile and when we think back of how our ancestors used to do it it's so different than how we do it you know like I was I was in bed like for the next 10 days after giving birth and people were just like bringing me food, doing this for me. Doing, like I, I didn't want to go on a treadmill. I didn't want to go for a long walk. I would go for short walks. I, I had trouble walking. So, you know, we need to rest, you know, after giving birth and just cherish that new life we just brought in. And create like a cocoon, you know, we can do that with our energy, create that nice environment for our baby and ourselves to just feel safe. But unfortunately, society has those standards and, and we break that, 
we break that energy. We break that connection with our baby. We break that safe environment that we should be in. And other stuff come in too, you know? Like I felt a lot of pressure um, in my mind that my husband had towards me to perform a certain way being a new mom. That break, that safe space for me. And I didn't feel safe in any area of my life after giving birth and not even in my body. And this so is, at this point, and, and your body is what carries you all the time. Is what Your body you is home. Yeah. Your body is home and you're not even safe at home. I wasn't safe at home. I wasn't safe around anyone. So at this moment, like all I'm seeking is safety. So if when you're seeking for safety, right, you're looking, you're really looking for something that's going to make you feel safe. So what comes up? It's anxiety, it's stress, it's pressure, it's this, it's emotional roller coaster. You know, you're having a nice moment with your baby, but then after that, you, you have a moment with yourself and you're scared and the baby cries and you're like, oh my God, what's going on? And, you know, everything peaks up and I... I was so disconnected with my body um, that anything, any stress, I was absorbing. And and the body is good at doing that, right? Absorbing the stress and then just like holding it in some specific place in our body. So, and, and, and that that is, how can I say? There's so many levels to this. I don't know if we have enough time today to talk a lot. Lay it all down. <laughs> down for us lay it down so with uh the i hope there's structure when i'm doing this i feel like i'm going all over the place (laughs) it's about the flavor of everything i'm saying that's it right thank you sis so la manière psychosomatique qu'on absorbe les stress is that there's a certain signification signification to what we're going through, right? And then our body absorbs it in specific areas. So every area means something. So the butt is sexuality. And the insecurities and sexuality, if you notice like, you know, your, your butt is growing and growing and it's all fat and stuff, there's some insecurities around your sexuality around your belly it's regarding your power your self-confidence even like carrying child or a project that you're trying to give birth to that you can't give birth to or a project that you were working on that failed this is around your stomach and so on with other with the rest of your body so so that's the metaphysical under um explanation of Stress yes. in our body. Okay. That's it. That's this is how our notre notre cerveau archaïque is going to transform the, the 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 stress. Okay, and through that, me going through multiple stress in my life after giving birth, the the weight that I gained, I gained it. I think probably eight months after giving birth. That's when I started to gain weight. So it didn't even have to do with being pregnant, the baby and nothing. I was eating, you know, as as the best way that I could. It wasn't ideal, but it was the best that I could. I was making efforts, but then it was just what I was going through that had me gain weight. So from 2020, I go to through a specific trauma. And I feel a disconnection with my body. I build in stress. I have this pregnancy that is very special. I build more connection with my husband. We, you know, get together to welcome our son. But then at the same time, my anxiety is through the roof. I feel sometimes very anxious, depressed. It's really up and down. And then I kind of build confidence into giving birth with uh, mindful birthing, birthing. And then um, just motherhood and life happens. And then my body just keeps absorbing the stress and I gain and I gain and I gain weight. And um, 
at this point, I know I have to do something. I I know I have to, you know, eat better, work out and everything. But at the same time, this is adding more stress. <laughs> so I'm gaining more weight. It was like a vicious circle. It, it was very difficult to to stop it. And at some point, what I had to do was just to let go of everything, let go of whatever judgment that anyone could have towards me. So I give a lot of importance of what my husband thinks about me. And I feel like I, in my head, had to be this extremely strong woman. Superwoman. Superwoman. And be able, yeah, super mom, super woman, super wife, and be able to have it all together, be in a new house uh, with like many rooms and have it all cleaned up, clean the clothes, take care of the baby. We're not paying for daycare, right? You stay home, then you take care of the baby too. And then cook. It, it was It was a lot for me. And... Early on, I I spoke about how our our ancestors were doing it. Well, they had a cleaning lady. They had a cook. They had someone to go out and do the groceries for them and do whatever errands. And they were with the baby. And sometimes they even had a nanny so they could go out, you know, take care of themselves, go do their hair, their nails and stuff. And then get back home. Like they had a whole village and being a new mom during the pandemic, I, I really felt it. I felt alone. I felt like I didn't have enough support emotionally, physically. It, It was, it was really tough. So all of that created a beautiful ground for me to gain weight. So what was, what was the work that I had to do? It's just to cut ties with all the things that I was holding on that I had to be for other people and start just like focus on me, focus on me and do things for me. I feel like it's so cliche to say that, but at a certain point, like I had, you know, projects that I was doing with my husband, um, building a business and stuff. um, And then I just, I just felt again that I had to be at a certain point for him. And I started born, I was like, babe, I'm not doing this anymore. Let me, let me, let me put you there. Mm-hmm. Why did you feel that pressure from your husband? What created that? Hmm, that's a good question. I feel like I was, it was a lot, it had to do a lot of what I was feeling energetically, you know, from, all right, we're having a meeting and we have to talk about things. And I just, I just felt something I felt pressure. I felt like, okay, well, what are you able to put on the table? Or what is it that you are going to produce? And it was also like a a battle of like, who's taking the lead? Lots of things that we didn't discuss, you know, that was um, leaving ground for interpretation. So a lot of uncertainty. I guess this is what I was feeling. Uncertainty. And and then I was like, okay, well, what should I be responsible of? Because if I'm not taking part of this well, it's not going to happen. And then we're not going to be financially stay- safe, you know, because that was an issue. You want to feel safe financially. So we're doing this for also because we, we want to, but also for um, to have another income because I wasn't working at the time. And um, yeah. That's how I felt. And it felt so wrong. It felt so wrong. I felt like, again, I wasn't safe. So, yeah, at that moment, after a while, I told him, babe, like, I love you, but this is not helping me to be me. So I'm going to have to cut ties with you and just do my own thing. How did he take that? It was difficult. It was difficult for, for me to do it, to have the guts, you know, to say it. And he took it as, I don't know, I want to say he took it well, but then what happened next was just like, hmm, wasn't so well. <laughs> They're good We're to good do to that, do eh? That. All right. Yeah. Okay, then, then they'll have All a right. comment that comes up and you're like, what? 
And you know, Farah, the reason why I ask you is because I I had a very similar similar um, experience with my husband. Mm. Um, but for me, I think where that came from was my culture and my household, like the way that I saw my mom mm. like raise us. Right? Um, I don't know for you, but like in our household, my mother she had in total five children. Three three survived. Mm-hmm. But this lady mm. never stopped. She never stopped. I never saw yeah. my mom stop. You know, I, 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 I just saw her on the go, like taking care of this, doing this, going to work, doing this, doing that. She was at home. She was cooking. She was, you know, she was everywhere. So when I became a mom, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, it's it's time to put my mommy pants on and right. and I had a C-section, you know, and it's like, in the beginning, yeah, I had uh-huh. the help, the support, but mm-hmm. after when everyone was gone, c come, okay, Emma, be that good mama, <laughs> you know, like, go and change the baby's diaper. Yo, we had, we had arguments on who's changing the baby's diaper, like, uh-huh. it was that petty. You know what yeah. I mean? And it was just like, bro, just go change the diaper. Like, I just changed it three times already. <laughs> Can't you just change the uh-huh. child's diaper? And, I, right. and I, I, just like you, I had to like take a moment to stop and be like, I can't do this. Like, I need mm-hmm. you to understand that I can't wake up at three, four, three, four times in the night. And then still like expect to be the cook, the wife, the um the partner in bed, the the, the right. I, I can't it just can't work out. <laughs> you know, so there has to be some type of adjustments in order for us to like move forward in this, you know. Uh-huh. And like uh-huh. you had we had that discussion and you know, even now, sometimes now it's so much better. Um, but mm-hmm. one of the things that I think changed for my husband was because he was going to work in the evening, right? And as the baby grows, he, he starts to get used to certain people and he knows. And then he, mm-hmm. my husband realized that the baby wasn't recognizing him anymore. You mm-hmm. know, he wouldn't necessarily want to go to him and stuff. And he was like, wait a minute, this is not what I want. I want a solid mm-hmm. relationship with my boys. So I was like, well, I guess you know what to do. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I feel mm-hmm. that shifted something in him which shifted that sense of like safety that I also needed in that right. moment right mm-hmm. that relationship that he desired to have with his son like create I, it's like it opened his eyes <laughs> to see like I yeah. can see clearly yeah. now <laughs> and for us that's what happened and even though that happened for him I still sometimes felt mm-hmm. that pressure that I needed to yeah. do all of these things that I actually don't need to do. Is the baby okay? Like, is, is the baby fed? Is his diaper change? Is he well and happy? Yes. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's what counts mm-hmm. in this moment, in this present time, you know? So, you know, that's just a side note, um, just to share that, yeah, we do go through things with our partners um, in that moment, especially like, and, and, and the, the worst part is you're not even feeling good in your own body. Yeah. In all of that. And you know, the partner, he wants a little bit of, you know, he wants to get down. Yeah, yeah. I had to, I'm going to share this. I had to tell my husband, it's not that I don't want to get down with you. It's just, I don't feel comfortable right now. I don't feel comfortable. I don't like seeing myself. I feel like I'm going to probably break your back. (laughs) You know, she come. I have to tell all these things you're trying to make understand. It's not like I don't love you. It has nothing to do with that. It's just in this present moment, mm-hmm. in this body that I'm in right now, in this new role that I'm playing, I'm just not about sex right now, you know? Yeah, yeah. I I totally understand. Like, I felt, I felt the same way. I felt like I wasn't feeling myself. I wasn't, I wasn't feeling myself at all. Like, there's nothing positive that I was able to tell myself. You're doing a good job. You look good. Your hair looks nice. Like I wasn't able to tell anything positive to myself. And unfortunately, I feel like our men don't know, and not all of them, don't know the importance of like feeding our self-esteem. They're not responsible of, or 
of our own self-esteem, but feeding it. Like they have a power right there. That's a power. And through what I love about this journey is that through that journey, we both got to learn like our powers, you know? And I got to understand that like there is something that I am responsible of in his performance. There is this safe net, this ground of safetyness that I am the only one who's able to lay it down for him, for him to feel safe. So at this moment, I'm like, okay, I need to take care of myself. I need to take care of my son. I need to take care of my husband all together. But just to pinpoint on what you just said, you come into Mm -hmm. that realization that there's the safety net that you need to create for him to like move in properly. You can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself. You can't. You can't even see the net. There's holes in the net. Mm -mm. So like, you know, you, you did mention, you know, I had to take care of me. It sounds like a cliche and it does, but it's the reality of things. You know, yeah. I know that a lot of people don't necessarily like gravitate towards the Bible, but there's a scripture in there that says like, um, like, is it love your neighbor as yourself or something in the sword? It's something about loving. Mm-hmm. It all starts mm-hmm. with us. If we can't love ourselves, yeah. if we can't give ourselves the things that we want someone else to give us, then what? We can't. We can't give and things are not, things are not going to flow. So I understood that like, I am starting the first wave. I initiate that first wave, you know? I collect the energy. I collect all the things that start that first wave. So knowing that made me, like, forced me into taking care of myself. It forced me. So after realizing, okay, I'm not feeling myself. I want to lose weight. All this stuff is not going well. My marriage, like... I'm not enjoying it. What do I do? And it's really, I'm telling you, Ama, it's really when I started meditating, focusing on me, praying every day. So I've been tracking. I'm today around, I'm not sure, 240 days of meditation back to back, nonstop. So I could just be able to collect myself. And when it's the first thing I do in the morning, sometimes I'm, I, I, things happen. You know, I have to wake up in a rush. But I plan to do it first thing when I wake up in the morning. Just collect myself. So that I just connect with my ancestors and ask them to give me strength, guidance, you know, so I can carry my family in my position. Because my, my husband has his role as well in carrying us. But I, I, I create that safety net. I create that safe space. So within, you know, our nurturing energy, your feminine power and anything sacred feminine, I'm, I'm trying to grab onto those things and collect that and learn how to navigate with it within me first to carry it into all the actions that I do. Every time I'm standing somewhere, I want to carry that with me. So this is what I'm practicing right now in order to create safety in the other areas of my life. When did you come to that realization that things are not working out? What do I do? At what particular moment did that just like click? Because this is a trauma. This is something that happened in 2020 and it's Mm -hmm. been going and going and going, but something must have happened to make you feel like, okay, (laughs) something gotta give. Growing up, I was under the impression that public speaking was for anyone and everyone. But it's not until in college when one of the students who was a basketball player at that time had to do a oral presentation and homie was sweating bullets and he was shaky. And that was the first time that I ever saw somebody have so much trouble speaking in public. My second encounter was in church when one of the leaders at church was asked to give a word. And when I tell you that the word was totally off, <laughs> it was totally off. 
And you could tell the public speaking was not part of their strength. See, I share this not to, you know, make these individuals look bad, but I share this to let you know that my ability to engage a crowd, my ability to catch a crowd's attention and to make them feel at home and enjoy the night is a gift. And it's a gift I realized that's been passed on from my grandparents to my uncles to myself. I am Agnes Apia, and I am not only your host, but I am a bilingual MC. The Umami Conversation podcast has been sponsored forever since it started by my personal brand, the Agnes Apia brand. And I would like to offer a 15% discount to anyone that is looking for an MC. My website is www.agnesapia.com. Book a time where we could talk and meet and see if we are the perfect fit. My goal is to make sure that your event is mesmerizing, breathtaking, and a whole lot of fun. So book me for your next wedding, women's event, or corporate event at agnesapia.com. I really realized that I'm on my own. Like, and not that I felt abandoned by my husband, but like, I'm my own person. I am on my own. And the only person who is responsible for how shitty I feel right now is me. And it's at the same moment where I told my husband, like, okay, I don't want to do anything with you right now. I just want to focus on me. We have to stop. It's because I, I couldn't even stand being in the house. I couldn't stand anything. I wasn't looking forward to anything, being with him, my son, cook, whatever. I wasn't looking forward to anything. I just wanted to be with me. And at this point, I was like, all right, I can't take it anymore. And I have to do something about this. So not not too long after that, I think I I, th- I changed my hair. I dyed my hair. And then I started to go back to dancing classes. Sometimes I go to heel dancing classes. So I started to go back to that and then connect with other women, you know, create that kind of small sisterhood but my dream i'd like to have you know a big sisterhood just a collective of women who supports each other for real like we know we understand each other we're having this conversation we understand the pain points the triggers and all that stuff we can understand that so i think this is the use of having a collective of women to like just understand each other and support each other yeah our husband are great for things and, and they don't have to be great in everything. And we have to seek, you know, the right person for the right issues or for the needs, specific needs that we that have. So true. They're not the answer to, to everything. And at that moment as well, I understood that. I was like, all right, he's not the answer to my everything. Like, I don't have to tell him everything. Same thing happened to me. Like, same realization mm-hmm. happened to me where I was like, mm. he can't be my therapist. He can't be mm. my sister. Yeah, he's probably my best friend. But unfortunately, there mm-hmm. are certain limitations that I could have with this man that I'm, I've decided mm-hmm. to do life with. You know what I mean? Um, but something yeah. that you you said when you mentioned going back to like meditation, um, doing the, the, the dances and coming to that realization that you were like you you're your own savior what i'm getting from that is that you had to tap into that feminine energy of yours into that in in -hmm. in your femininity yeah my words femininity femininity in order to actually start seeing changes in your household because as you mentioned you're the one that starts that first wave you know that first Mm -hmm. flow Mm -hmm. and I think as a woman that just gave birth, could you share if, I mean, if this is true for you, could you share ways in which we could tap into that feminine energy, but from the goal? So right after giving birth, how are we staying in that? Because I seem like we were in it mm-hmm. during childbirth mm-hmm. and then somewhere in between, we lose focus of it. Yeah. And then we're, we're rolling in either the masculine or just in, I don't know, in 3D. I don't even know what we're in. <laughs> I don't know. A new dimension. <laughs> you know, we are. We're creating this like dimension of like scarcity and 
just mm. like low vibration, you know, mm-hmm. that we should, but I find that I, I don't know. I'm just thinking like, can we still stay not saying that everything is going to be perfect, mm-hmm. but is it possible to still stay in that feminine energy from birth till postpartum to like, you know, like just flow in that. Yeah. I'd love to, I'd love to see that happen. I'd love to experience that in my next pregnancy. And I believe by having accountability with a doula that can help. And also knowing your insecurities, like knowing where are my actual insecurities and actually have someone that I trust or some solution that I believe in to just take care of that insecurity. So I don't have to carry, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And then, yeah, just just have other people holding me accountable to do what I'm supposed to do with my health, with what I'm eating. So can I cook? If I can't, then I'm going to have a caterer do it for me. Can I clean? If I can't, then I'm going to have someone cleaning for me. I need a clean environment, you know? I need a break from having the baby all the time. So some a nanny that's going to be able to be with the baby just so I could go for a walk and do, you know, things for myself, go to my nails and then come back. And, you know, so just so I could still be me and nourish myself. I think, I think in becoming a mother, you're giving birth to the next version of your inner mother. And then that inner mother needs to take care of your inner child. Because new things come up, right? I don't know if you experienced that, but having a child did bring up a lot of trauma. And then I had sensitive buttons and everything. And I had to relearn basically how to mother myself. So by maintaining this, mother myself and mother my baby, I this is what I believe today that is going to help maintain that, you know, safe cocoon, this nice sacred feminine energy after giving birth. I feel from what you said, it goes back to what you mentioned in the beginning, the way that our ancestors Mm. did it, the support that they had around them. I think this is really, it's big. That's when you spoke about a doula, I was like, because the doula is there to support you in everything, in your, in even the body that you no longer recognize. You know, yes. if that's the one thing yep. that that doula could do for you after giving birth, then that holds so much. If it's just holding mm-hmm. that space for you and making you understand yeah. that it's normal to not recognize that body of yours. You know, wow. I never thought about it like that, yeah. honestly, but I'm definitely getting myself. I had a doula, but my doula was fire, so it was kind of hard to. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But it's nice to have, you know, this conversation where you can just let everything out. And so much is like happening, like your hormones and stuff and your routine is all upside down. Like everything is new. You're dealing with a new human being. So of course, like you need someone that is going to support you emotionally through that moment. So I feel like a doula is a great person. A therapist also is a great person for that. And um, yeah. So let's let's go back into the body aspect of everything. Um, you know, yes. you had mentioned in the beginning of the conversation that we live in a society that talks about, you know, once you're once you give birth, you know, it's time to like bounce back <laughs> and all mm-hmm. that thing. I actually had a friend that I like she has I don't know how she did it. She got a beautiful body. You know, there's some women mm. they they push that baby out the next day, they're like you know, slim, trim, everything yeah. nice. Um, what, how do you think that we could combat that societal pressure of bouncing back after pregnancy? Um, you know, and just allowing us to accept our body and to love our bodies um, and not be mm-hmm. so consumed with what society um, is telling right. us to do. I feel like... After, I don't know about you, after 
giving birth, I was just like, okay, it was a pandemic and stuff. So I'm like, I'm ready to see people. I'm ready to, you know, look good and bleep fly and everything. But then I didn't fit into my previous clothes. <laughs> like I had no, like I, I didn't look good because I didn't wear nice clothes. Like I was wearing my maternity stuff that were too big. And I just didn't care and, and stuff. So I feel like first off is know what makes you feel good. Start by feeling good and then work yourself to, towards, you know, acceptance of your body. Like your body took nine months to create a whole human being. And I know we all know that blah, blah, but like give it time to just like restructure and get back to whatever the new normal is. It's not possible to snap back because that body that you had previously didn't have that baby to carry right that is such a big point i actually remember you sharing that on the the other Mm -hmm. episode that you came on and you said that you did mention something about how once you give birth no matter what you try to tell yourself you're never going to go back to the body that you had you will never no no matter if you even if you look the same like your uterus is different things are different inside like you're not you're not gonna be the same because things are not the same anymore. You gave birth. And it's important to accept that. Yeah. And losing weight starts with acceptance. Acceptance of your actual body, accepting that, you know, there's habits that you have to to, to change, acceptance that your body will change. You just have to, you know, take step and then support yourself, love yourself, love your body, and then do what you have to do to mother yourself and get back to health, get back to a healthier you. But it will happen. And and it's that, it's that trust and believe, trust and believe in yourself. It all starts there. What role do you think mental health plays when it comes to like um, our ability to love our bodies um, after pregnancy? I feel like it's... It's number one, you know, it's if if your mental health isn't there, then not that isn't there, but if, if your mental health needs attention, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I think of it as this, like, you know, when you're running your computer and then you have like a, a page, a web page with like 50 tabs open and then you're trying to delete your garbage pin, you're trying to empty it, but it's taking forever because you have 50 pages on your web browser open. So the focus, all the juice, all the energy is going towards all the 50 pages of web browsers that are open. And you're trying to, you know, empty the trash. It's going to be like, yeah, it's, it's kind of secondary now, dude, because of the 50 pages that you have open. So it's exactly that. Like if your mental health needs attention, all the energy is going to go towards there. Even if you don't want to, your body's going to lead you there. You're going to be worried. You're going to be emotional. You know, you can be triggered easily and stuff because your mental health needs attention. And I had I had to accept that. I had to accept that to lose the weight. And I- I'm still on the weight loss journey or postpartum fitness journey, I want to call it fitness because my goal is to be strong. Um, I had to accept that, all right, you have to take care of your mental, Faraja. Like, you have to make sure that your emotions, like you're processing them. You're talking to someone regularly. I have an accountability. I have my my friend, a great friend of mine, Jesse, and we talk once a week, every week. She's she's my girl for that. Every week we talk. I talk about my stuff. She talks about her stuff, her stuff, and then we just like you know, it's out of her body, and then we just get to either address problems or have a different perspective or solution and stuff. We just like exchange between women. And this this is very dear and precious to me, this relationship and what we do. Because um, that, she's also my mirror. Like when I need to like do something or take action or I've been putting myself aside, she will tell me. And same thing with her. Like I will tell her. So 
that played a lot <laughs> into, um, yeah, and just to accepting that, like, all right, your mental health needs attention and you have to take action. So any action I had to take, she was holding me accountable and I was holding her accountable for, you know, the things that she she's putting up and uh, we're just there for each other. And once I felt, you know, stronger about myself and you know, after repeating certain things for a certain amount of time, you kind of see the results, you know. And um, that's when I kind of gave my chance to myself a chance to to start working out. And unfortunately, it happened. Um, like what happened after was my fracture. So I was like, no, no, I just I'm giving myself the permission to start working out. There is no way that this fracture is going to stop me and bring me back wherever I was before. Like I'm done, you know, I'm, I'm that phase. And I would, I would say that it was like a lot of postpartum leftovers. I'm done with the postpartum depression and I'm just ready to focus on me. So <laughs> that's, that's why you see me, you know, in those, uh, videos with my no, it's very encouraging honestly because i was like hold on did i just see something on this girl's hand and she's like what she's on a plant what was going on here she okay doing back squats you know girl but it makes it makes it makes so much sense right when you're so determined to just come out of that like just that bubble that you're in you don't want anything to stop you and obviously it's like the universe Mm -hmm. tries to be like oh okay she's trying to be she's trying to get back to herself let's just see that's what she really wants to do (laughs) exactly that's exactly it Mm, that little mm. are you are you strong enough for this challenge (laughs) You know, I it. That's it's so it. nice. <laughs> but you I know, I know. things about like sisterhood and having this mm-hmm. accountability accountability partner. And mm-hmm. I think it's great to have that. But one of the things that I'm also realizing about women is that we are our own enemies. You know, we are the ones that are going to talk about a mother that gained 15, 20 pounds after three years. And, oh, this lady had her be Man, she be- she had her son like three years ago and she still has that fat around her, you know? Or, um, oh my gosh, if you go to her house, her house is in such a mess. Homegirl's not taking care. And these are things that I've heard and I've seen. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's great to have that sisterhood. But unfortunately, as women we also bring other women down. You know, we talk yeah. about other women's weight. We talk mm-hmm. about how this woman's not eating properly. We talk about how this, you know, and it's like, how can you trust another woman if you're so used to having women bring you down all the time? How can you mm-hmm. share with mm-hmm. another mother that you don't even understand your body anymore? You know, that you yeah. don't understand um, your husband anymore. When maybe mm. what you're just going to get is like, well, I didn't have any problems. Some, and some women are just not honest with one another. They don't even want to say the truth. Yep. They don't even talk about their junk. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know? They're, they're perfect. perfect. They're perfect. You know? So it's, it's really scary sometimes. And I find that's one of the oh, reasons yeah. a lot of women, they go through like this postpartum um, depression. Because you're like, mm-hmm. who can I tell? How do we break that? How do we put away, um, you know, just, I think it's like a stigma that we've created amongst ourselves Mm. and it's Mm -hmm. like, we can't even be safe with one another. And I think it's so important that as a woman, especially once, once we give birth and, and we're going through all of these changes to have that, I do know that there are certain people, certain women that they just don't want to have anybody in their circle and that's absolutely fine Mm -hmm. you know that's do you for those Mm -hmm. that need that just that one-on-one where they go how do you break that fear how do you step up and say okay i'm gonna go talk to fahaja fahaja is not gonna Mm -hmm. is, is not going to um you know like tell me that i'm crazy because of this or this or that yeah yeah I think it comes a lot to learning how to gauge people, you know, to know who 
who has the honor to have your presence? I love that. Because you can't, you can't be with everyone. Unfortunately, we are, who we are, we are the collective, our, our past and traumas. We all have different past traumas, influences and stuff. So you have to know that person that you're talking to. Who do they hang around with? Are they just surrounded with drama? I personally, I don't do um, drama reality shows. That's a vibration. I don't need that vibration in my life. Even though it's entertaining and stuff, but watching women fight, like for me, it's it's not doing any good in my life. So it's it's, I would say it has to do with the energy that you bring out to figure out who you're attracting towards yourself. And if you attract someone who presses on a button, well, at least you learn something about yourself. At least you learn something about yourself and you can say thank you to that person and let them go. That just hit me right there. <laughs> so the people that are coming around you is what you're attracting. Is the energy yeah. that is surrounded in you, around you. A hundred percent. That's what I believe. Wow. Okay, that was deep. That was deep. I wasn't expecting that answer, but that was deep. That was, that was, that, that. And I think these are truths that sometimes we don't want to hear. All the time. We don't want to hear them. It's not us, right? it's them, You know? We want people to love us. We want people to, like, support us and praise us and stuff. But, like, when they have something to say about us that is not necessarily positive or we're not ready to hear, hmm. It creates damage. And that's when and that's when we get catty women. That's when we get catty because that other woman pressed on a button. If you have, you know, self-control, you're able to control and collect your emotions and just understand what happened and have a one-on-one real conversation with that other woman. You understand that I mean, you can understand now that you won't fight, you're not gonna, you know, have anything um towards that person. Like you're gonna have a, a, a woman, an adult woman conversation, and I need. I feel like we need to learn how to do that. Learn that we can press each other's buttons. It's okay. It's gonna hurt, and then how you handle it after. It's about the response, not reacting, but responding. That's it. You said it. I do have okay. one question. One other question that I'd like to ask you before we go. Mm-hmm. So, with everything that we shared, right? Um, mm-hmm. how can we encourage one another, um, encourage women, encourage mothers to focus on, you know, the, just the positive changes that occur in their bodies during, during and after pregnancy. Mm. I think that's also important. It's crazy. There's, you said like, we're about to wrap up and I'm like, oh, I, I need to say this one thing. And then you just asked a question that's going to allow me to say that. So it's wonderful. <laughs> Yes, that's it. And that's the answer is to reestablish the connection through mind, body, and soul. When you focus on reestablishing that connection, you know, a connection connection with your body. One thing that I do, I have this big mirror in my room. Every day I look at my body. I'm like, oh, I like my I like my thighs today. Oh, I look good in those pants. Okay, well, maybe what I'm wearing is not making me feel great, but uh, I'm I'm glad that I'm healthy. I'm glad that, you know, my body was able to carry a baby through the whole term. Not every woman gets to do that. And it's reminding, you know, the small stuff, the small things and and just reestablishing that connection with the mind, with the body and with the soul because this is how we're able to fulfill our mission, you know? When something is off, it's when a connection is off. So when you, when you have that connection and the energy is flowing well, and you know, even with the above, with God, with your ancestors, that's when you're able to 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 create that sacred feminine and and just be your best self. Oh, that connection between the mind, the body, and the soul. Mm-hmm. And one last thing I'll add to it, I think we don't give ourselves enough credit, as you mentioned, for Girl. for for birthing and, and, and keeping these humans in our bodies for the period mm. that they did. Because that's, that's what it's expected, right? So, like, if we do that, then it's like, okay, I succeeded, but, like, I was supposed to do that. Then we can give credit to ourselves. 
I'm going to say something, and I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast, but <laughs> when, I, when I gave birth and um, I was sharing with some family members, I'm not going to say who, but I shared with mm-hmm. some family, oh, I had a C-section. This family member was like, oh, that's normal. Mm-hmm. I just kind of like, and I was like, oh, okay, all right. Yes. And how do, you, how do you feel about it? At that moment, I was like, I kept thinking about it. I'm like, I don't understand. Why did she say, oh, that's normal? Is it because she had C-section? Is it because I'm not... Like, I don't know. Like, I was very perplexed by that answer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because for me, having a C-section, the reason why I needed to have a C-section was because it was like a do-or-die moment, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, kids get this baby out ASAP. So I'm just like, for me to go through that trauma, but then, and then to hear that answer, it's kind of like not validating me, validating this birth. What your experience. This experience. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. It, it ain't shit. <laughs> we all gone through it and that's the whole thing with yeah. women sometimes i'm just like oh yeah no i hear you i totally feel you totally feel you, you know and, and i think this is something that i i really hope that this new generation that that are of women that is coming up like that we really build for one another this um this safe net, as you mentioned, you know, this safety mm-hmm. net where I know that I could go into this space and talk about this situation and I'm not going to be like that. I'm not going to be deemed mm-hmm. as crazy or useless or unworthy because at the end of the day, we are women. Our bodies means a lot to us. Our bodies. Yeah. And, and I want to add on to, sorry for cutting you off, but even if you show up somewhere, and you laugh at, and people are making you feel crazy or whatever. You just own how you feel. Own your story. Because you're not responsible on how people respond, right? You're not responsible of that. But if you own your story, if you own it, then you can stand stronger and taller. Girlfriend, Fahaja said, own your story. In order to feel stronger and tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is something that's tweetable. So all of y'all tweet tweet people, you guys will tweet that <laughs> and put Fahaja, quote Fahaja on it. Because that was definitely the word for the day. Own your mm-hmm. story. I love that. Definitely. Fahaja, thank you so much for showing up today. I am... My pleasure. I'm, I'm sorry it's over. I know, I know, I know, <laughs> but trust me, like I'm the type of person like... You'll see, like, on the podcast, I have, like, people coming back, like, every season. <laughs> and I feel like just going to be one of those that's just going to keep coming back. Because I just love having... I totally you know, it's, like, it's not really about, like, the number of people, the different people. It's about the conversations and the depth mm. of the conversations that I have with the guests. And when I love a guest and the way they flow, I'm just like, yeah, I'm keeping you, okay? <laughs> I can be that yeah. person. <laughs> Wait, you know what? I, I actually want to share something. Um, I didn't meet you at the first um, cohort with um, with um, Gitana, um, the Ascension oh, yeah. that you guys did. I was actually going through your page last night just to kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of feel your energy again and stuff. And I saw the video um, that you guys did, the first Ascension. The, yes. What was that video called? Um, no rush. Was that challenge, the Don't Rush Challenge. I'm just looking yes. at seeing all of the faces that I met like the second time. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh. And a lot of the women in that group are women mm-hmm. that they you know that that's come on the podcast. And I've had really, really, really? dope conversations with them. And I just want to add that when we start asking the right questions, when we start mm-hmm. seeking for the answers, we will find. Because I started asking sure. questions, seeking, and I found a group of women that has the same thought as me, that 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 mm. gravitate with that same energy as me. And I was like, oh, is this possible? Because I was living in the life mm. and in, in, in spaces with people that mm. I'll have conversations with, but sometimes just like, oh. <laughs> you know, you're just like, okay, so the light bulb it doesn't yes. work. <laughs> You try. You want to get deep with them, and you, and you want to go to places, mm-hmm. but they it's like they're very shallow minded, and and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, maybe not this time around, you know? Yeah. But yeah. just finding you, all of y'all, ah, that circle. She She did something great. She's actually gonna come back. On Amazing. The, on Omami conversation, but this time around, she's gonna talk about veganism. 
Um, and yeah. as I said, I just want to tell any woman out there, there are women there that are like you, similar to you, mm-hmm. that roll in that same vibrational as you. But you need to be the one to ask the question and to seek. And once you seek, you will find. And I am so, so glad that I found you, Faja. I am oh, honestly like you. so humbled. <laughs> My nose, like, I know good, I know great women, okay? <laughs> you know, I know amazing yes, women in these streets. Thank, yeah. thank you for creating this platform. You know, you're doing a big work. And I know organization, planning, meetings with people is not always easy, but spreading the words with your podcast like you're doing it so thank you thank you for having this great platform i appreciate your words hon but we're not quite done um before i let you go i do have something that i love doing i have three questions that i'd like to ask you just just random okay um and (laughs) yeah so my first question is what's your favorite emoji or if you were an emoji what would it be hmm I think I, there's always like three emojis that I use is the emojis with the hearts on the sides. Like I think there's three or four hearts. Yes. And then it's the, there's the second one is the pink heart that is like radiant. Mm, yeah. And then the prayer hands. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it just keeps me like in a love and gratitude vibe. So this is what I share with people all the time. Those are my, those are my three ones. And I would be, I guess I would be the heart, the radiant heart. I feel yeah. that radiance. I feel that radiance <laughs> all the way here in Baton Rouge, I tell you. Thank you. My second question is, uh, what music are you bumping to or what podcasts are you tuning into? All right. So lately I'm more about music and I always use music to lift my spirit up. And because I know also music is vibration and the words as well. So I listen a lot to Soka <laughs> and Dance Hall. <laughs> All right. Just to like move things around, shake it and and also get into my feminine yes. with the dancing and moving. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Do you have a particular Soka song that you like so like you love? Oh my gosh. Oh. Which one would it be? There's so many. There's so many. Oh my gosh. Um, I can I can tell you what what I'm listening to lately a lot is Honeycomb by Kess. I love Kess. Kess just gets whenever I hear his voice, like it gets into my soul. He gets me moving all the time. Yes, yes, it's him. Hello, hello, hello. I love that song. Yeah, that song. Every time I hear it, and one of my good, good childhood friends, my girlfriend, she's actually she's a she's a um, a dance instructor and a, and a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's okay. Where? Toronto. I need she's to go to Toronto. Toronto. Uh, yeah. you should follow her, um, Zara Moves. And okay, she danced to that song once. And you know when that person dances to a song and it just it just mm. went straight in my heart. Every time yeah, you yeah. like, think image. of her. <laughs> Every time. There's not one moment she's not in my face, you know? But yeah, Cass is definitely a good one. I'm going to go look for Honeycomb. And, and Honeycomb. I love that. Yeah, it's a good Last one. Last question. Um, so pick a number from one to seven. I'll go with the six. Six. <laughs> this, like, <laughs> dude, these are really dumb questions, okay? <laughs> I'm <laughs> Would you rather be able to talk to animals or speak every human language fluently? I think I would speak every human language fluently. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Sorry, I'm animals. And sometimes I do wonder what they're saying, especially the birds at 5 a.m. Yeah. The birds in my I'd ear like are know. up like at 3.45. And what? you just hear your... like, bro... <laughs> Bro, the sun's not out yet. What you doing? I guess they're waking us up. Like, it's a good day. Wake up, wake up. <laughs> Anyways, girlfriend. So, last but not least, what are you, like, what are you putting out there in the world? Is there any programs that are coming up? Um, Just let us know. Let us know. 
So right now, I'm going to give you a scoop then. I'm going to give you a scoop. It's not even on my Instagram. It's nowhere. So um, right now, my husband and I, <laughs> we made it back yes. together. <laughs> and we are building a YouTube channel. Yes. For fitness. Him and I, we love fitness forever. It's our forever love. And um, yeah, so we're going to get that going and the name of our youtube channel i mean there's not even a video up the name of the youtube channel if you want to go follow it's <laughs> I, I forgot wait it's fitter ever after fitter ever after oh my gosh i love that <laughs> i love it i love it that's really creative i love it no wait how yeah, fitter is it? Happily fitter, yes. Happily fitter after. Sorry. Okay. Happily. Happily. After. I feel like maybe by the time that this episode is out, it might already be out. Um, I hope so. so. Yeah. So we'll definitely um, put that there in the show notes. Once again, Queen Fahaja. Merci, 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 Thank you for having me, Allah. Thank you for tuning in today. We encourage you to continue the conversation in our community of open-minded women. And we appreciate your support and feedback. So please don't hesitate to reach out to us on social media at Instagram, Umami Conversation, or through our website at agnesapia.com. So until next time, keep listening, keep learning, and keep embracing the power of storytelling and mindfulness. Blessings.